Hello, hello, fight fans. Welcome to another episode of the Switching Stances podcast. I am one half of your co-hosting duo. My name is Koss. And I'm Raz. What's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, fun, fun episode tonight. Uh, w- yeah, tonight we are going to be looking forward to UFC 286 Jones versus Gone, taking a quick peek at Bellator 292, uh, as well as doing a quick segment of Around the Cage. Uh, keeping this episode a little shorter because uh, we do have quite a bit to talk about just in terms of the UFC card. Uh, it's a quite a banger. But before we get straight into it, um, real quick, quick reminder, please go give the Switching Stances pod a follow on Instagram. If you do, would much oblige, much appreciate it. Um, and yeah, uh, Roz, any, any, before we get started, any quick updates on your end? Uh, no, uh, just, uh, I guess that verdict app, if you guys are interested, reach out. We are placing uh, our picks, uh, what we think here uh, on the app, and if we want to grow that little community there, and I think it'd be pretty fun and interactive. Damn right, damn right. Awesome. So without further ado, let's start it. Uh, I essentially, what we did was we put on uh, our most interesting fights from UFC 285, uh, Jones versus Gone, taking place uh, March 4th at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Uh, it is a great card, so not going to talk about every fight here, um, but we're going to start with the first one, which I believe is the main event of the early prelims. We have that now, so it's a it's a fight pass fight, <laughs> uh, and it's Ian Gary versus uh, Song Keenan. Ian Gary being the exciting Irish talent, uh, ten and zero, fighting out of Ireland. Well, fighting technically out of. Killcliffe, formerly Stanford's, formerly uh, Black Zillions, where Usman trains out in Florida. That's really where he lives and trains. Uh, versus the Chinese man, Song Keenan. Uh, I saw a fun fact, actually. Ian Gary and Conor McGregor are the only two Irishmen on the entire uh, UFC roster. Oh, wow. Represent. Represent. Unlike Bellator. Bellator is flooded with Irish people. Um how are you how are you feeling about this fight? How are you feeling about uh you know Ian? I think his nickname is the the future. Ian, the you know future what? Just as overall, these fights in general very exciting. This card, looking into it, the depth is pretty fun. I think Ian Gary versus Song is gonna be a it's gonna be a banger. I don't know if it'll go the distance, but we have the former Cage Warrior welterweight champion Ian Gary here. Uh, going against kind of the the man who's been around the block song. I mm-hmm. think Ian Gary, he's uh he's being fed that uh that gimme fight to to pump mm-hmm. to move that train going to uh, move him along in uh, is, the welterweight this, kind of this, this is kind of his fourth gimme fight if we're being honest. Yeah. <laughs> um something I saw too, uh, I was watching Israel Desanya do his predictions and he actually said he fought Song Keenan back in the day, back in China. Oh, wow. So Song fought Izzy, lost to Izzy. I think he also lost to Brad Riddell, another uh, city kickboxing guy. Um, yeah, I think I think it's a good test. I, I do have Ian winning this one, though. I think he's going to move on to 11-0 uh, after this one. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he's going to hopefully be able to d- display more of his talents. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't think this will be uh, – like a good good show of like 
him moving up i'm it's it's always like i'm always curious like is this the fight like i like like i would love to see a train kind of halted like oh here's this guy 10 and here's his first loss versus this guy now what you know but i don't yeah. If that'll be the case with Ian, I don't think so. I like Ian a lot too. Um, I think his his footwork is super fluid. His striking is nice, uh, even though he comes from a judo background. Uh, he he's a fun fighter. Also, he's six three, fighting at welterweight. He's a big welterweight. Um, good re- good reach advantage, good height. Um, if he puts it together, man, he's only twenty five. He he could he could you know, we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll see. He's he's a big betting favorite. He is minus seven hundred favorite. Uh, but I think that make I think it makes sense. Also, I don't know, I don't know what he added the Machado to his name. It's Ian Machado Gary now. I haven't seen that until now. Good for uh, All right, Ian <laughs> Hetty. <laughs> hey, if he's got that Machado big old name. Uh, yeah, moving on, we got that uh, another fun fight, very fun fight. Derek Brunson versus Driscus Duplee. I believe is how it's pronounced. Um, correct me uh, if I'm wrong. Dracus <laughs> Duplessis. Okay. <laughs> good attempt. Good attempt. Uh, we got the uh, Derek Brunson, the man kind of the, the, you know, the, what's it called? The, he, the man who guards the top five division. He's the gatekeeper. The, the gatekeeper. Uh, yeah, at yeah. age age thirty nine, though, is he going to be a gatekeeper for much longer, or is, uh, however you called his name, uh, Mister eighteen and two, going to uh, mow through him and and claim that? I don't know if he'll get that top five spot, but I think he'll definitely put him in that interesting uh, middleweight contention. It'll be fun um, seeing if he cracks that spot. Um, he. Uh, Say his last name for me. Duplessier. Duplessier. Uh, he was irritated. I saw uh, he mentioned he was irritated that he isn't. This fight isn't higher on the card, and I kind of agree with him. Um, at least I would. I would say this should at least this fight should at least be the main card or main uh, fight for the prelims. Um, yeah. The fight above them. I don't know if it really deserves that spot. Um, so I kind of half agree, but with Bo Nickel making his appearance, um, I, I I get what he's saying. But at the same time, this is a lot of eyes are going to be on this Bo Nickel fight. It's been yeah. talked about for a while. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I'll say this. Yes, I agree with you. I think it could have been the headliner for the prelims. Um, it being Cody Garbrandt. Cody's a former champ, so I get I get it a little bit. Uh, I will say I do think the Duplessier Brunson fight maybe could have replaced the uh, Gamrot Jalen Turner fight on the main card, possibly. Um, but this dude, this this is a this is a sl- this is a sleeper banger fight. This is this could be the headliner for a fight night. Um, two guys, good wrestling backgrounds for both, so most likely they're just going to strike with each other. And if that's the case, I like Druckus's chance. Druckus is – he is big, man. He is um, – he's really well built. That was a big thing uh, with that Darren Till fight they were talking about too is like you you couldn't compare Darren Till to Druckus just muscle-wise. Muscle, Druckus is so well built. Uh, it is the return of Blom Brunson though, you know, after the <laughs> Jared Cannonier knockout. It's good to see Blom Brunson back. He's doing his um, Crash Bandicoot pose. 
and oh, everything. No. Uh, funniest thing though I saw was Drakus saying how you know he he's the real African fighter. <laughs> he put it out there, you know. Saying, yeah, hey. so he's a he's a white South African. Anyone listening, he's a white South African. Uh, and he said, you know, he's a real African fighter. He's like, uh, look, um, when the previous two so-called African fighters, when they won belts, what one went back to the USA and one went back to New Zealand. <laughs> he's like, me and Cameron, who's another South white South African on the roster, he's like. We live in Africa. We train in Africa. We live, we, you know, we we breathe Africa every day. And that was That's... getting some people kind of. <laughs> well, you know what? The whole apartheid conversation tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Um, he ain't wrong. Is he right, though? That is a, a conversation people are having. I'm sure he's not eating the offset Cardi B happy meal, you know, but Derek Brunson, <laughs> however, <laughs> you know what? I am. I'm sure he's at least aware of it. Oh my god! <laughs> have you seen Derek Brunson on social media? No, I have not. Oh seen. man, he's he's he tries to be like a a TikToker. Oh, of course, Blonde Brunson. Uh, two guys also whose last one is against Darren Till. We'll get into Darren oh, Till a little later. Uh, what's your pick for this fight? This I have, I have to pick Duplessis. Could uh. If he's not careful, careful though, Brunson will uh, remind him why he's number five ranked. Um, so I, I'm I'm pretty confident in the Duplessis pick, but it's it's one of it's like one of the more slippery slippery picks, mm-hmm. you know. If you got a yeah. parlay or something, yeah, I think Derek's at his best when he just winds got or uh, wears guys down. I don't think he's going to do that to Drakus. I don't think he's going to be able to take him down. And I think it's just going to be a striking fight back and forth. And if that's the case, yeah, I think Duplessis gets the win. Um, going with the white African, baby. Let's go. The king of Africa. <laughs> Drakus Duplessis. All right. And then uh, following that one, it is the main event of the prelims. Because uh, now that's become a nice little spot for fighters to get. Uh, and it's honestly, honestly two guys on uh, some skids here. Some bad skids. It's yeah. Cody Garbrandt versus Trevin Jones. Shout out to Guam. Trevin Jones repping Guam. Cody Garbrandt is has won. Um, let's see. Is that one out of one, two, three, four, five, six? He's one for six. <laughs> or no, he's won one out of his last six. So he's won one out of his last six. Uh, all those losses being knockouts, except the Rob Font decision, but all the other ones being pretty nasty knockouts. Versus uh, Trevin Jones, who's lost three in a row. Uh, <laughs> man. Um, are you you like Cody Garbrandt? Um, I have like a little level of respect for him just because he has been champ. Um, looking at this record here, you know, he's lost to notable people: T.J. Dillashaw, Kai Kara France. Uh, even Pedro Munoz, Rob, Rob Font, one was kind of, but um, so he, I will give him that versus uh, Trevin Jones losing losing to some guys that I'm not sure our listeners will recognize. Guys uh, with pages. Yeah, so Cody <laughs> has that for him, 
But yeah, that one in six for his last, I mean, his last win being, and what am I seeing here? 2000, or not, my bad. Sorry, Cody, not 2016. 2020, his last, that's mm-hmm. when his last win was. But was his beater KO on a his, yeah, his uh, win before that was 2016. So based on that record, based on that, he could potentially have a win since his he seems to be getting one win every three years. Maybe it is his lucky, <laughs> his lucky. You know, it's time to get a, a win going. However, he could maybe lose, and next year will be uh, it's time for a win. Uh, all jokes aside, Cody. Has the he's he's still a, a relatively young guy, thirty one years old. He can yeah. he can have a he can have a run again in the bantamweight division. I think that would be really fun to see him back in the talk. Uh, see how he could switch it up in that division. Mm-hmm. However, if he does lose this, um, I don't think there's much uh, people he can really done. defend him with. Yeah, these are two now unranked fighters. Uh, so. Loser of this, their punishment is a uh, bare knuckle FC. Yeah, and you know what? I would watch a Cody Garbrandt uh, bare knuckle fight. Yeah, uh, I would. Those, those guys that used to train at Alpha Male just love bare knuckle. Um, <laughs> what I'll say, what I'll say about Cody Garbrandt is his performance against Dominic Cruz when he won the belt for that one night. He was one of the most impressive fighters I've ever seen. He outclassed Dominic Cruz. No one gave him a chance too. He outclassed Dominic Cruz for five rounds. That was such an impressive performance. And since that day, I've I, I've liked Cody. Um, but man, it's been a tough road. It's been a really tough road. Like you mentioned, he's still young. Has had bad knockouts though. That chin is gone. So if he's to win this fight, he's got to take it slow. He's got to be patient. You can't leave that chin exposed <laughs> um but at the end of the day i'm taking cody i think i think cody will win here maybe maybe he'll string a couple wins back maybe get back into the top 15 yeah he he definitely ha- he he can do it he can do it but he's mm-hmm. got to show it he's got to prove it yeah moving on we got the f- uh, fighter we mentioned beforehand who doesn't even have a picture yet on ufc but He's got the hype, Bo Nickel versus Jamie Pickett. Bo Nickel, of course, winning uh, Dana White's Contender Series all via finish uh, subs in the first round and almost in a, just about a minute or less. Uh, very impressive going against uh, what seems to be another gimme, hopefully, right? Hopefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um Bo, 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 I know you're not the biggest fan of Bo. I'm kind of on the Bo hype train because I really liked the Ben Askren formula. I think that's a legit MMA formula. So I think if Bo can recreate that, he can make a big fuss in the middleweight, really throw people off. That's fair. Um, If Bo's the real deal, he should go out there. And just walk through Jamie Pickett. Jamie Pickett is not a, the best fighter. This is a gimme fight. Oh, what I will say, Jamie has height and reach advantage. Um, but, you know, if Bo's the guy, he should go out there and walk through him. If Bo doesn't look that convincing, then I think a lot of red flags will show. 
it's not that I don't like Bonico. I just think people were so quick to be like, he's he's gonna he's the next guy up and all this for a guy that's three and oh fighting nobody's. Uh yeah. he's three and oh has barely an experience. Yes, he has you know collegiate wrestling experience, but I don't know. I, I I need to see more from Bo to like hop on that train. Yeah, one uh, one funny comment I saw was Jamie Pickett was talking about. I might have been in the presser, or might have been beforehand. He was like, "I didn't even know who Bo was until after I accepted the fight." He was like, "I guess I guess he's like this good wrestler, or whatever." You know, I was like, "Damn!" He's like, except he like. Uh, I don't know if that was like more so a jab at Bo because Bo kind of has this inflated ego. He kind of walks as if he's a ranked and uh, he's he's already a proven fighter, which I'm with you there. I don't think he, uh, you know, you can have the confidence, but he definitely thinks he's already uh, capable of, um, I, I don't know if you saw, but he's calling out Hamzat. He's like, I think yeah. Hamzad and I would be the biggest fight in UFC history, which um, name the last time two wrestlers could put on the best performance and people wanted to see that. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so mm, Bo's got the he's got the popularity and he's got the confidence. Does he have the skill? You know, if he has the legit skill, he has the he he's got the he's got the trifecta that could really put him that could make him really special but that's to yeah. be seen i mean i thought i thought patty pimblet was legit and then we saw in his last fight and kind of leading up to that fight too we saw the holes yeah i know patty's calling not, out logan paul he's not he's not, <laughs> he's not gonna be the guy um but either way Jesus, I just saw Bo Nichols a minus fourteen hundred favorite. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, but, uh, I'm taking Bo in this one. Yeah, I think that would be a very safe bet. Unlike our next fight, it could very much go either way. I believe um, we got Gamrot versus Turner. What do you What do you think here? Yeah, so I believe originally it was supposed to be Dan Hooker fighting Jalen Turner. Um, Dan Hooker pulled out because he broke his hand. So, uh, Mayuts Gamrot, <laughs> uh, who's actually a higher ranked fighter than Dan Hooker. I think him, Gamrot stepping in made this a better fight. Uh, he did lose his last fight to Benil Dariush, but then again, Benil Dariush is one fight away from the belt. So, it's like, how bad does that really look? And he looked yeah. decent in that fight, too. Um, Versus Jalen Turner, who's coming. A lot of people are high on Jalen Turner. Um, very high for a guy that's 13 and 5. Talking about, you know, he's exciting to watch and all this. You know, he is he's got an insanely long reach. He's very tall. He's 6'3, fighting 155. Um Gamrot's the betting favorite at minus 220. And I think Gamrot deserves to be the favorite here. But I think a lot of people are picking Jalen. Um, not just because he's the underdog. Yeah, I think Gamrod is definitely going to try to use his wrestling, like his wrestling advantage he has, and try to take this on the ground. Standing up, Turner. 
Turner's going to, I think he has the advantage there. So it's going to be who can impose their style. And I think Gamrot has proven that he can very much do that to people. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think Gamrot, the only thing I'm really, really kind of eyeballing here is that reach advantage. Gamrot at 70 and a half and Turner at 77. That is just such a big reach advantage, especially for a, someone who likes to stand up and strike. But like I said, if Gamrock can just take him down and stuff, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I think I think Gamrock will take Jalen into uh, deep water, burn him out, and I think Gamrock will get it done. Yeah. Wrestling. All right. Now the next fight, which should have this fight, when, when did this get canceled? Was this supposed to be – was this in December? Was this fight supposed to happen, or was this on that Glover card? Uh, could have been the Glover card. Uh, that... No, it was in December. It was for a stinky December fight night. Either way, this was supposed to be the co-main event for a fight night. It gets moved to this, which is awesome. It's it's Shavkat Rahmanov against Jeff Neal. This is a banger of a fight. We got Jeff Neal, who's riding good momentum. Knocked out Vicente Luque, which is very hard to do. Knocked out Vicente Luque, beat Santiago Ponzinibbio, um, beat Mike Perry back in 2019. Uh, it's a lot of people are high on Jeff Neal. Good, good boxer versus Shavkat, who Shavkat people have been calling him the boogeyman of welterweight. Uh, you know, he's he's a little higher ranked, I think around 10, uh, 16 and 0, eight knockouts. Eight submissions, 100% finish rate. Um, the Kazakh. I, I was watching a little thing on him on YouTube. Those Kazakhs, man, they live an interesting life. His uh, his favorite food is horse meat. His favorite drink is uh, horse milk. The Chipotle special. How <laughs> <laughs> uh, how pumped are you for this one? Oh man, this is very exciting. Um, and I think if you don't know about Jeff Neal, you are gonna learn. Um, I don't know if Shavkat's gonna want to stand with him. That's my like big like what I know. We've seen him. I really like Shavkat's. I love any fighter that really utilizes leg kicks, knees, etc. And Shavkat's all like that spinning uh, heel kick. Yeah. He's got the knees. Um, he's very. He puts pressure on, but he's very patient. What um, I will say, uh, sorry to interrupt. One thing about those Dag- those mountain people, the Dagestanis, the Turkestans, the Kazakhstans, all these people. Yes, they love wrestling, but also they all love like Taekwondo. <laughs> and some 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 Dagestanis like uh fucking Zabit, Mega Man Sharapov back in the day, they like to throw that spinning shit once in a while. You'll see it. But yeah, continue. Yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna say the problem with that though is Jeff Neal is he's a sniper. He will he's he's uh standing up. He is uh, a very good counter striker and Shavkat's head movements kind of. Uh, not the best, but he is 
definitely got the advantage on the ground and he could i think that's where he could punish jeff maybe taking him down he's very comfortable with transitions on the ground ground and pound and then eventually getting a submission or finish um standing up i think jeff neal could oh, i think he could put away shaf cut maybe um they call him hands of steel for a reason, Jeff Neal has a lot of power. Um, he could put Shavkat out, but me personally, I think I think Shavkat's a really smart fighter too. I think he's a smart fighter. I think he's going to use those kicks to keep distance, keep range uh, until that opportunity comes for a takedown. And I think he'll go for, you know, uh, maybe the back, go for a rear naked choke, maybe an arm triangle, which I've seen him do. Um, I think against Jeff, he's going to try to get a submission. I, I think he's game planned for that. Um, but hey, man, anyone can get caught. Anything can happen. Jeff Neal's a true professional. Um, but if I, yeah, I, my pick for this one is is Shavka and specifically a by submission. Yeah, I think Shavka. My pick is definitely Shavka, but I think Jeff Neal could, you know, if he if if he he could rock Shavka. Um, but eh, will it more possible? Like, is it really gonna happen? I don't think so. Um, you notice how those Kazakhs are like Russian, but also Chinese at the same time? Yeah, I don't know what they're doing over there, and I don't think anyone knows. <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> He's, like, he almost looks Mongolian in a way. That's like what came to my head right away. I was like, damn, look at this like born bred uh, warrior. But then like just... I, always thought, I always thought Kazakhs were more European, but looking at guys like Shavkat and some other Kazakhs, they're pretty. He could be cousins with Li Jing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. The leech. All right. The next fight here. Uh, our co-main event. First title fight of the night. Uh, is Valentina Shevchenko against Alexa Grasso. Valentina Shevchenko coming her against her most recent title defense. Uh, she's defended the belt seven times now, which actually caught me by surprise when I heard that. Uh, on her eighth title defense, she will get the eighth ruby in her belt and complete one half of the belt for title defenses. Fun fact. Wow. But it was against uh, Santos. It was a split decision. A lot of people talking kind of shit and valentina did not like people talking shit that maybe she should have lost that one because santos was grappling really really well had her back was going for submission attempts all this stuff valentina didn't look her best versus alexa grasso uh talent out of mexico mexico's rolling right now with the the year rodriguez's of the world and um and the brandon moreno's of the world she's on a four or five win streak here um she uh loves to use her stand-up and I think that's where it's going to come <laughs> to trouble for her against the bullet. Um, how, how, how are you? This is, I think this is going to be a fun women's fight. Something I feel like we don't get to see too often, unfortunately. Yeah, this division seems to be the like the women's division and Valentina's on top of it. The other women divisions have kind of been putting on some snoozers. The flyweight, though, Aaron Blankfield, Andrade, uh, of course the awesome Lauren Murphy um, <laughs> is that division. Um, Valentina, though, is the real deal, and she's, I think, like pound for pound, 
the greatest uh, female fighter. I know she's lost to Nunes, but Nunes walks around at like 170. You know what I mean? (laughs) 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 Valentina is like one, you know, she's like 135, maybe cuts to the 125. Um, That's kind of it. And she's, she's got a lot in her arsenal, whether it's the Muay Thai clinch, the little, she like recently went to go study sumo wrestlers or something. I don't Mm -hmm. know how, how much that's going to help her, but she is a bag of tricks and some Alexa Grasso though. Very, I I think she, if she applies that pressure, that's like, what's going to hurt Valentina. I think Valentina is going to prepare for that. Like you said, I think it's going to be a very, very fun match. I personally think Valentina should not have won against Santos, but Mm. Santos is a very, Santos is a big girl too. She's a very big, very strong girl. And I think that's what got Valentina. Um, But she won. We're here. Uh, New fight. Alexa, good luck to her. But I think Valentina will remain the the champ. And I think what what would be next? Blanchfield? That would be, that's kind of what, Um, I think that's what they're kind of setting up. They're hyping that up. I think Blanchfield needs one more win. Maybe we see the Talia Santos rematch. Mm. Uh, I think that's that would make sense. I don't know. I'd have to look at the rankings. Uh, don't have it off the top of my head, but um, yeah, well, we can uh, post post event. We can look more into what the future looks like after the winner. What I do think is, I think both women are going to go in there and. Um, Lack of a better word, they're, I think they're going to bang. I think I think this is going to be five rounds. I think they're both going to be bloodied, uh, cut it, cut up. I think Alexa Grasso is just going to keep moving forward. She has that that Mexican spirit. She's just going to keep moving forward, throwing punches. No matter even if Valentino's throwing spinning head kicks, she's going to eat them and keep keep jabbing, keep throwing the overhand, uh, right. So I I think this is going to be a good good fight at the end of the day, and that's uh, that's what we can ask for. I do think Valentina's going to win as well. Um, because Alexa's just going to stand there and get in a shoot-off with her. And uh, it's hard to beat the bullet in a shoot-off. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Please introduce our main event. All right. We got the man who needs no introduction. Okay. So I'm just going to say that John Jones <laughs> versus Cyril Gone. Um, this is... Um, are you like more pumped about this fight than the previous super fight, the Islam Volk fight? I think a lot of people here are like, uh, this is like, I think has more smoke in the air. I, there was like a lot of smoke in the air with Islam versus Volk on what could happen. But I feel like this one has way more factors playing into it. You know what I mean? Like so many more things, people, uh, untangibles, people are grasping at as to why their pick is going to win. Um, yeah am i more excited for it i don't know if i am i was really excited for volk islam i was really excited to see what volk could do um and at the end of the day man it's it's hard to be a john jones fan yeah it's hard to be a john jones fan knowing the track record <laughs> and like you know chael chael said this he uh, he said we have we have a guy who who's is making his debut at the weight division, fighting for the belt against a guy who's one and one in his last two fights. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, I get that. Um, 
either way, it's a John Jones fight. A John Jones fight is a can't miss type of fight. Uh, so no, I'm extremely excited for it. I think winner of this, I don't think winner of this necessarily will be number one pound for pound because they neither are active enough. But they'll be up there. Um, whenever this is the baddest man on the planet. There's some, you know, everyone says this is kind of, you know, a tease because what we really wanted was John and Nganu. I don't know. At the end of the day, I almost... I still feel like Cyril Gaon is a better fighter than Francis Ngannou. You know, yeah. even though, like, yeah, sure, he lost. I still think Cyril Gaon is a better fighter. Do I think, stylistically, though, I think Cyril Gaon, or I think John Jones is the worst matchup for Cyril Gaon. I think um, I think John can outwork Zero. I think John is going to out wrestle Zero, uh, which we already saw Francis out wrestle Zero. Which you know Francis doesn't have wrestling, you know, to write home about. So it'll be it'll be interesting. What what do you what do you think we're going to see when we tune in on Saturday? Oh man, there's so many possible outcomes that I've played out in my head. There's the uh... Because on my end, I think Cyril's going to win. And every day, it's like I had a new opinion. I'm like, man, I think Jones might take this. And then I was like, I think Cyril might win this. I still haven't put in my pick on verdict because I really want my first stripe white belt (laughs) on on the verdict app. But uh, I think tonight I might put in Cyril via decision. I because I don't know. I mean, Jones has the wrestling advantage. He's a terrific wrestler, but he was two and nine on his takedowns against Reyes. Uh, and um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the what the trick John Jones has now is that because he has been gone for a while, it's like he could be a whole different stylistic fighter, but then you also have the three-year layaway where it's like, uh, like you've been gone for three years and now you're expected to go and go up against Cyril, who he took out the two knockout artists, Derek Lewis and Tuivasa and Ganu. He, what I love, the the takeaway I'm looking at in the Ninganu fight. Yeah, the wrestling was very poor on Cyril's behalf, and that I think people are really hyper focusing on that. What I was focusing on is this guy was very comfortable in there. His his movements, his his ambidextrous stance, he his uh, how he's he wasn't. He never had that, like, uh, it was almost from the get-go he was able to do what he needed it to do. And I think as long as he doesn't have the whole, oh, I'm fighting John Jones in front of me effect, and he Mm -hmm. can kind of just, like, get into it. I think Volk kind of had that with Islam, where he's like, oh, I'm going against Islam. I got to be cautious. And as the fight progressed, Volk was like, oh, Islam, he ain't that guy. You know what I mean? Then we saw... Uh, Volk putting on the pressure, but and I, if I think Cyril can apply that in this fight, um, and kind of do his thing, I don't think Jones is going to be very comfortable in the stand up. Um, and then we'll see what happens when, if, if, and when I think it's a when he gets taken down because Jones is going to force that. I think Gone had a had a pretty focused camp on heavyweight, but how do you replicate John Jones? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there's so many factors. It's it's his first fight at the at heavyweight. It's the, the three year layoff. Um, it's a lot of stuff. But at the end of the day, I think John's just gonna outwork Cyril. I think Cyril likes to fight. I think John needs to fight. Yeah, I th yeah, John is definitely. People are saying he's got that hunger in his eyes again, and it's what's interesting is he didn't need to do this. You know what I mean? John could have kept his gloves hung up. Nobody would argue with the whole goat debate in the MMA octagon regard and accomplishments. Um, and then him beating Cyril, does this cement him as like? Uh, you know, like that much of a, I think it's, it'd be impressive in a, in a sense, but I also think he could have bitten off more than he could chew. And if he loses to Cyril, it's a big, like, oh, so it was just a, a steady decline. I think John Jones needs, if, if he wins, he need for me to be like, damn, he did it all. He needs to fight my friend, uh, Pavlovich. That's the man I Sergei think. Pavlovich. That would be a guy who could stuff a takedown and do like a one punch knockout. That's like you want the heavyweight belt? Take it from that or beat that guy. Beat yeah. that guy. And I will be like, not to take anything from Cyril, but I, Cyril's 11 and 1, you know, he and already mm -hmm. on his second uh, title or, uh, yeah, title, like uh, official title fight. Mm -hmm. so he he will come back and i don't think this is the last time we're going to see him competing for it but he's still early on and he's got so much he can work on to where he will become a very dangerous heavyweight and i don't know i still think he can do it against john jones i think john could have some ring rust maybe okay so you're taking zero uh i'm gonna take john uh, i it's it's a bit in the back of my head too, and I hate to use this logic, but it's a bit of like a you don't pick against John Jones, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit of that, but also just stylistically, I think I think Cyril in terms of the top five at heavyweight, I think Cyril was the best matchup for John specifically. Yeah. Outside of Sergey Curtis Blades, Stipe, all guys that have a wrestling background that can you know keep the fight standing and all have essentially one punch power, I think Cyril was you know a true kickboxer, fancy footwork, you know leg kicks. I think it was a bright matchup for John, um, and I just yeah I, I don't know I just see John winning, but at the same time. <laughs> I'll still fucking laugh if he gets knocked out. Not because let's be honest, if there's one guy that deserves to be knocked out once in his life, Johnny Bones Jones. All right, I would love to see his reaction to that. <laughs> what he says. I've been watching the Embedded series too, and it's just John spewing shit about being like a messenger for God and for younger fighters and. He's happy he was able to take the bullet on the whole USADA thing for younger fighters now and all this shit. And it's like, dude, just shut up, dude. The the DC was right, man, when he was like, this guy's fake. We are, yeah, like, he's fucking fake. All right, that's UFC 285. Honestly, banger of a card. One of the best cards we've had in months.
So good on the UFC. Let's get into the other event at the uh, a little early into this month, March tenth. We have Bellator two ninety two. Uh, main event of that is Usmar Nurmagomedov against Benson Henderson. Uh, we'll keep this one a little shorter here, but it is the beginning of the lightweight Grand Prix for Bellator. Uh, quick reminder that lightweight Grand Prix involves uh, Nurmagomedov against Henderson, uh, Primus against uh, Barnell. Uh, Musulayev against uh, Shabilev, and then Patriki versus McKee. Uh, eight man tournament. Uh, winner gets the lightweight belt as well as one million dollars. Real quick, are you are you a fan of these Grand Prix? Oh yeah, I think it's a uh, it's like as good as it gets in a tournament setting. Like obviously, mm-hmm. you know, I would love to just see one of these part t- take place in one night. Oh, you know, it's like <laughs> that would be uh, insane to watch. But this is all you can do with the current regulations, um, yeah. unless you know maybe they go to Russia and start doing these things. You know, where they have like MMA with cars or something. <laughs> oh yeah. No, that'd be great. <laughs> you want to? You want to choose the first fight of the main event? Yeah, we got two guys who low-key are very, uh, they got their name cemented in Bellator history. We got Michael Page versus Gyoti Yamauchi. Um, Michael Page being 20 and 2, I believe he has the most KOs in Bellator history, but I know for a fact he has the most in the welterweight division, but Mm -hmm. the dude's got a lot. Um, yeah. And on the other side, though, Yamauchi, um, he has the most submission finishes in Bellator history. Uh, so these this two on this card, if people don't know, this is going to be pretty fun. It's like two of the best finishers in Bellator history going against each other. Um, yeah, I don't know. I got uh, I got Michael Page. Uh, winning this one, I think he is going to be able to stop uh, Yamuchi from uh, getting a finish on him. Will there be a finish? Like, after what I just said, I'm kind of expecting one, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, 100%. There's got to be a finish in this fight. You know, the story on Michael Page, super talented, but, you know, he's a bit of a tomato can crusher. Uh, a lot of guys, if you look at his record, not, you know, not the best wins. You can look at, like, like his best win is Paul Daly, and then it's Douglas Lima. And that Douglas Lima decision was very controversial. Uh, he's coming off against his loss with uh, Logan Storley last year. I got Yamauchi. I don't know. I I, I, I like Yamauchi. Um Two journeymen coming together. I will say he's he he is giving up some size in this fight, but I don't know. I I like Yamayuchi. I think uh, I think he'll get it done at the end of the day. It'll be very interesting seeing him and how he. Uh, I think this is a, a true test for him to see if he belongs in welterweight. He was a lightweight fighter up until twenty twenty two, so I think. Uh, we're going to see if his 
height and sizes. He is 5'9", Michael Page being 6'3". So that'll be something mm-hmm. he struggles with. But I don't know. He's got so many submissions. He could, I think he definitely could put Michael in a little uh, spin cycle there. Yeah. Uh, next fight. Next fight kind of shows the depth of Bellator heavyweight category. Uh, nothing against these guys, but you know, especially uh, Valentin Moldovsky. Valentin Moldovsky is a good fighter fighting Linton Vassell. Reason I say that is Moldovsky already beat Vassell back in 2019. This is a rematch. And then uh, Moldovsky was the interim champion for Bellator when uh, Ryan Bader was champ champ between light heavyweight and heavyweight. Uh, then Ryan Bader lost light heavyweight belt. So then he fully returned just to heavyweight. And uh, Moldovsky lost that decision to Ryan Bader. I remember watching that fight. Moldovsky didn't look bad. Moldovsky did not look bad. He actually fights with, uh, he trains with Fedor. He's out of the Fedor camp. Um, big, strong, so- sambo guy. But Ryan just outstruck him and honestly out wrestled him. Um, versus Vassell. Vassell is writing. Uh, let's see, four or five win streak, three of those being uh, finishes, uh, TKO finishes. Uh, he's the bigger guy in this. That's about as much as I have on this fight. Um, is it, you know, is it a barn burner? I don't know. I, I'll take Moldovsky. There you go. That's all I have to say. I think Moldovsky is going to, yeah, uh, beat uh, Vassell again. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think hopefully a finish. I think we're there's going to be a finish here. I think um, Valentin's going to try to tell the Bellator stop giving me this guy. We'll see. We will see with these heavyweights what what's in store. I, with the heavyweights, I always want a slugfest. Yeah, no, absolutely. Do you want to do the next one here? Yeah, we have uh, 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 one of the lightweight Grand Prix fights. We have Tofik Masayev versus Alexander Shabili. Um this is the co-main to the card. Uh, like I just stated, this will be for the Grand Prix. So winner will uh, go against the Patricky versus McKee fight, which that will be also very fun and very oh, yeah. interesting to see who comes out there. Musaev um, being the number two ranked lightweight, Alexander being the number four. Um Musiev thought he should be fighting Usman for the belt. Do I agree with that? Eh, I'm kind of happy to see Benson getting that chance. But this fight will be very fun. Very, And if he thinks he should uh, get the belt, go get it, boy. You're in the tournament. Yeah, this is, this is an interesting one. Um, two guys that honestly have not been in Bellator for the longest time, but, you know, are up there in the rankings. Um two wrestlers really so this could just be a striking duel <laughs> at the end of um give me musaev give me the azerbaijani i think i think he'll take it i think he'll move on to the next round 
That's what I was leaning towards, too. He won the Ryzen Lightweight Championship in 2019. And he's also, uh, after that, he went off to war to fight against Armenia. And uh, there's, these, there's these stories. Oh, he went out and he stole back our ammunition boxes from them. Um, so he's got war stories under him. And now he's here to take the belt so he's afraid of nobody especially when you you see you see you look at him you see those eyes they've seen some stuff alexander he's uh he still looks like he he would you could go to a buffet with him have a good time some laughs um musiv is here for uh some blood (laughs) absolutely i love that (laughs) Oh, uh, I hope it, I just hope it's a good fight. I hope it's not a stinker like some Bellator uh, fights. Um, <laughs> sorry, Bellator. All right, main event. This is a banger. This is honestly Usman Nurmagomedov versus Benson Henderson. Benson, Bendo, Henderson. To me, this is this is this is old school MMA and Bendo versus the new age of Usman Nurmagomedov. To me, Benson, man, I loved Benson growing up. Benson, I think you and I can both relate to Benson being, you know, grew up doing Taekwondo as a kid, transitioned to jiu-jitsu. Um, he was the WEC champion, was the UFC champion at a point, um, really was, was, was at the top of the game when, you know, this was a fringe sport in the early 2000s when it was still not legal in all 50 states. Bendo is, you know, what MMA used to be. And he's been in Bellator for a while now. He's been in Bellator, I believe, since 2016, around that time. So a lot of New Age fans don't know who Bendo is, and that's fine. But do your research. Check out. Bendo's awesome. He's 39. If this is his last fight, I would not be surprised. Um, versus, you know, Usman Nurmagomedov comes out of that Khabib camp, that D- D- Dagestani Sambo wrestling. He is what he is. What, what what are your thoughts here? I think Benson is gonna. I think he's he's a very he's gonna try some stuff and try to crack that Dagestani code, and we're gonna see what he can throw at him. Um, Benson, I I I really hope. I really wish he beat Michael Chandler for the belt, and he like had that little thing under him. I'm going to be rooting for Benson. Mm-hmm. Usman is still young. He's only 24. Um, but do I have Benson going all the way and winning the whole tournament? That's really hard to say. But to see him uh, at least put up a root, I think he's going to surprise people with his performance and at least attempt some tricks. I, with Benson, he's going to attempt something that uh, is going to make the fans go crazy. That's his thing. Yeah. What I will say, uh, Benson, back in 2022, fought Islam Mamadov. Uh, I watched that fight. Mamadov also coming from the Khabib camp. Not as talented as Usman. I'm not saying that. But came from the same camp. Um, and Benson won that fight. And he did it by doing funky jujitsu. Every time the guy would go for a takedown, he would do a you know a shoulder roll, a hip roll, some type of roll, go for a heel hook, go for these crazy submissions. By the end of it, 
the judges had to give it to him because he was the active guy going for submissions, being more active on the ground, even though, you know, he was getting taken down. He wasn't just letting himself get taken down. He was throwing himself in weird positions and attacking different positions and outstriking him. So, you know, that was the first time I saw when I was like, oh, okay, you know, maybe this is a way to fight these, these wrestlers, these Agastanis. So I'm excited to see it. I think at the end of the day, I do think it's a little bit of a long shot. Uh, I will be rooting for Bendo as well. Um, would I put money on it? I don't Maybe not, but time will tell. I will, I will be watching this though, no matter what. Uh, I think it'll be, it'll be fun. It will be a very fun card. Very fun. And March 10th. March 10th on Showtime. All right. Thank you for listening to this point. We're entering our final segment here, taking a casual stroll around everyone's favorite portion around the cage. Bom, 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 bom. All right. And uh, first bit of news here broke uh, a couple of days ago. Darren Till cut from UFC from the UFC. Darren Till has been cut. Um, big shock. People thought it was fake news at first. Uh, Darren came out on his Twitter uh, with a new name, Frank Till. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it is Darren uh, saying that essentially he's cool with Dana and Hunter and he spoke with them. Apparently his last fight that he had against Drakus was his last fight on his deal. He wants to step away for a bit and do some other stuff, then tease some boxing emojis like he's going to box for $30 million or something. <laughs> what I think it is, is that motherfucker is going to get on the juice. He's going to get out of the USADA testing pool for a year. He's going to go on the juice, you know, do the little, little Connor trick and then get, you know, put, put on some muscle and then one, make a return to 185 with some muscle on him. Not that flab and flat chest that he was showing off. Uh, do you think uh, muscle is what he was lacking in the to remain? Uh... Muscle and a little bit of a brain. Yeah. <laughs> Darren's been on this. Uh, he's still like people give him crap, but he's still very much liked. Um, but I think the UFC has a lot of new fun UK fighters they can lean on. They can throw UK events without him. So it's kind of like he can he can kind of go off and do what he needs to do. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards I don't know if he'll resign with the UFC. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunities out there now for fighters um, and they're getting paid good money to do other stuff. I wonder if Darren might just stick to something else. Come to one. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see. The more shit Darren does, the more I'm like, man, what, why, why do I cheer for you? <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of bare knuckle, Big news this week. Bare Knuckle signed Luke Rockholm, Luke Rockhold and Eddie Alvarez. And their event, I believe in April, will be Mike Perry versus Luke Rockhold and Eddie Alvarez versus Chad Mendez. Interesting, interesting fight. Mike Perry fighting a much larger guy. Uh, Chad Mendez fighting a much larger guy. Um, but props to BKFC, man. They're, they're paying, they must be paying these guys good money. For them to be like, yeah, Luke Rockhold of all guys, he's a model. He models for Rob <laughs> Lauren. Now he's gonna go get his face all cut up and fucked up. 
Well, who knows how yeah. much? Rockhold came out saying, hey, they take care of their fighters. This is good pay, blah, blah, blah. So uh, it goes to show like the the they're willing to do a lot of stuff if the pay is right. And it's just so disappointing that the UFC really is just losing fun talent and like um, to organizations like uh, Bare Knuckle. It really shows you like what. Well, like behind the scenes, like what is what's the what's the deal? You like why can't uh, you hold on to a Rockhold? Like he could still headline like a fight night, you know what I mean? And like you could pay him like decent, but it's those uh, those contracts. And I think Bare Knuckle doesn't do contracts. I think they kind of just give him that one time pay per view big boy uh payday so props to all those fighters who are getting it they deserve it and i think they're gonna put on an amazing show i'm not a huge bare knuckle boxing fan but this is something i'll tune into and who knows maybe i'll come out the other side a a fan someone who will watch more of it yeah and it's it's you got to be interesting luke i heard i saw luke say that that like it it was it was money he couldn't turn away and that's interesting to me because that's Grokko was a champion at one point, so he was making champion money, getting pay per view buys on his pay per views. What um, you know, I guess it was only one when he lost to Bisping, but it was like for for a former champ to be saying that about Bare Knuckle, it's like man, it, either Bare Knuckle is paying too much, like it's just paying way more than we think, or the UFC situation is way worse than we think, and it's probably it's probably a, a bit of both, but um. That is that is so interesting to me that Luke said that, and that these guys are willing willing to just not not saying bare knuckle is let's say like worse than boxing in terms of like health, but just to like have your face cut up that much. I don't know. That, that is interesting to me. Yeah, it's it's, uh, yeah. All right, we got uh, we got a. Uh... Speaking of boxing, we had uh, the biggest boxing event ever. Probably. <laughs> In the Paul versus Fury fight, um, Tommy Fury winning the um, split decision. Um, that was an interesting event just all around. Interesting is the word I'm going to describe it as. From the pressers to... Uh, the 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 constant mentions. I know other people have said this, but the the mentions of Saudi Arabia. It's like that was the main pitch. It was the Saudi Arabia uh, venue was like the pitch, and then you're like, oh look, because we're throwing a Jake Paul Tommy Fury fight. And I'm like, what? 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 This I think... beautiful country, this beautiful kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that was a that's a funny little. Dude, imagine if people yeah. started saying like. Oh, the beautiful city of Cleveland, Ohio. Thank you to the beautiful city of Cleveland, Ohio for hosting us. Yeah, that was a little weird. The boxing event itself, pretty bad up until the... I mean, if you're pretty bad, pretty bad. Did you watch the fight card? I did. (laughs) I only tuned in for the, the, the Paul fight. And you know, I, I maybe I'm in a minority here, but it was just man, especially the the co main was the was the welterweight championship, and it just uh, that was 
that like technically you could argue that was like the best because they actually went for quite a few rounds and uh i can't say I, I can't remember the name but the man who was the champ remained the champ and won it via like a tko that was cool to see to like be like oh this is this is this is it uh, but the cameos with Ronaldo and Mike Tyson being there on who knows what drugs, laughing in the front row. Uh, <laughs> it was just a really weird event that I don't I don't need to see again. I know they're talking about rematch, but I don't I don't want to be put through that again. I don't think they need a rematch. Tommy, like you saw him in tears after the event, like how much freaking pressure and how much like he was talking about how like he would walk out in public with his wife. Uh, maybe she was pr- probably pregnant in this, in that, in that uh, stage uh, talking about how they're like people coming up to them, harassing them about Jake Paul. And I'm just like, do, do not put yourself through that again. Will they? The only thing is Saudi Arabia seems to be offering that big, big money. They're really trying to be a Mecca of like entertainment and they can throw out stupid money. That doesn't even make sense. Like I think Jake Paul said like 30 mil. That's what he's supposedly like. Yeah. Allegedly. Made that's in total. Yeah. And Tommy got like seven. Um, we'll see. Can you, can you imagine dude in, in an Bellator, you have to go through a, a, a pre of like the best lightweights in the world to win one mil. And then like, you see Jake Paul winning, getting like 30 mil to beat Tommy Fury. And it, it was just, it's just like, it's not logical and it doesn't have to be, but it's just, I, it's Whoa. just weird. It's, it's super weird. Um, the event was weird. Uh, the Logan Paul segment was weird when he <laughs> called the whole Fury family, family bitches. Like, dude, you're going to call save that to the Furies, dude. Those people are like mafia affiliated, and this you're gonna say that about the fucking Furies, dude? Like, watch your back out <laughs> next time you're in fucking England uh, when you and <laughs> each other's assholes with Prime. Um, I will say this. Oh, and the commentary, dude. The commentary was god awful, dude. They were they were riding Jake's dick, like they were. It was it was disgusting how how in favor of Jake uh, it it sounded like they were. Uh, because to me and everyone I've talked to and, you know, professionals, it, it was a clear landslide for Tommy. Um, eh, may, maybe you get 5-3 to Tommy. I'll say that. 5-3, maybe Jake won three rounds. Case for 6-2 even for Tommy. But um, but the commentary made it sound like, you know, like, uh, it's close. Uh, maybe Jake got it. You know, he had the knockdown. All, the, all that. Um at the end of the day, I'm happy it wasn't a work. Uh, I thought it was going to be a work at the end. I did think Jake was going to win just because it's Jake. Yeah, that was like I was the whole time up until the knockdown. I was like, man, Tommy got this. The ref was being a weirdo. Oh, yeah. Uh, big weirdo. Like the, the point, like, dude, just let these guys box. Like we just they were saying, well, we're going to get a knockout. It didn't happen. Um but then the ref having to like deduct points for back of the head. I wanted to see something because of how much clinching was happening. That was what was the annoying part. Uh, the back of the head hits. 
I don't know. That just that that kind of like left the bat like during the whole fight. I was like, oh, no, what's going on? And then the second point deduction, I was like, OK, this is to equal it out. But to me, it's still not like equal because it's yeah. I don't know that like that does stuff to a fighter's head to be deducted points to yeah. like have to move on. It's like a big that's a shift mentally for both fighters. It's not not professional and the refs the ref from panama i remember perfectly because that's how much he pissed me off uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the ref was shit and um jake was definitely engaging in those clinches jake was the one searching for those clinches because he was getting gassed he was getting tired he was he, he needed to take breaks and he needed to stop Tommy from using that jab, which he finally used. I was talking shit about Tommy. I will admit, I was talking shit about Tommy about how bad his jab looked and the other fights I've seen him against Anthony Taylor and those guys. Uh, but he, 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 that was the best I've ever seen him fight, and he absolutely deserved to win that. Can you imagine if it was a twelve rounder? Like Jake's not ready. He's not ready. He's not there. He's not ready. Yeah. Like uh, McGregor at least went, uh, you know, had a 12-round fight against uh, Floyd. I mean, I, of course, to compare McGregor to Jake's not fair, but it's just like if you, if you want to be a boxer, these are the rounds you got to fight, man. Like, what are we doing here? Like, yeah. Uh, uh, and Jake showing that his athleticism, he's he's got the hands, but his athleticism, when you factor in cardio and everything, it, it's not there. It is not there yet. And he's got, he just lost to Tommy and he was saying a lot of big words. Um, so he is now, in my mind, respect to those previous wins, but he's now, in my mind, cemented as a celebrity uh, fighter. And I will not listen to people saying he is like a real boxer. This is a perfect transition. What do you think then is next for Jake? So he, I think his, his, his brain is saying rematch, rematch. And I think because they got paid so handsomely that they might want to force that down our throat. My opinion, go fight KSI, man. Go fight KSI. KSI, uh, another, he's got, that is going to bring in a lot of eyes because like we stated in the previous episode, they got, they have that, uh, they got that reach. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily the fighter demographic or the boxer mm -hmm. demographic, but it is their demographic and they have a big reach of, I don't know what age group. The other thing, it being a, I remember uh, going on to pay for the fight $80. It was $80? It was $80. Hey man, I saw seventy nine ninety nine. I don't know if I maybe <laughs> need to use a VPN and buy it from a different country or something. But they were—that's what they were showing on my big TV. It's just right in my face, and I'm like, bro, who? There's no one who's a fan of Jake Paul. Uh, that's gonna—they're not paying that money. The I know for a fact a lot of people. I think the 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 illegal stream viewership was pr like would sub i wish like somehow that could be like oh this is how many views you got but it was just like let's say it was 60 dollars, and maybe they're just trying to stiff me um i don't 
that's that is ridiculous for the event they threw for everything for the hype for like what they gave you some media that was like watching two wrestlers box you know what i mean like two wrestlers that have to box that's like what we saw two people who are yeah. not at that level where you can appreciate the technicality was it entertaining we wanted to see who won but that's like you know imagine if they hyped up a, a, a chess match or something you can do that with anything when you have that reach and they can yeah i, I don't know jake's trying to be like a big big fighter he wants to be known as like a champion and that's not cool sorry man you can't just buy your way to be called a, a fighter <laughs> uh like i don't think anyone's gonna go back and watch that fight no to be like oh let me see like you know how how tommy won no one cares they're just happy everyone's happy that tommy won um, I agree with you. I think the KSI fight is the fight to make next. I think this kind of kills an Adias fight for now. Adias is laughing. Fight. He's laughing. He might fight Logan Paul. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I think it's either a rematch, which I think from Jake's perspective would be a mistake. Because I yeah. think Tommy beats him again. Maybe Jake wins. And if he, if Jake wins and props to him, he avenged his loss and then he recruits a little bit of that, like, you know, legitimate Ash fighter, maybe. And then that's, you know, maybe that's what he's going for. Well, we're, we're going to, we're going to see. Does he want to be a legitimate fighter? If, if that's the case, then he probably rematches for uh, Tommy. If he wants the money, he'll fight KSI. Uh, that is like, and we're going to be put through the us as uh, fans are going to be put through the uh, torture chamber for that. If he, if he even brings up fury, like everyone needs to speak out. No, like that, that is not, you can't Nate Diaz do MMA. If you want to keep boxing, do boxing, but I don't, you, you got to keep it fresh. Like, uh, I'm sorry. He uh, t remember like Tyron Woodley. These guys are saying rematch, fight me again. He didn't give him a rematch. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Um, I will say, Jake in uh, MMA. Does this make you more excited for Jake in MMA? Oh man, Jake! I would love to just see him. <sighs> man, yeah, yeah. Jake at MMA has my attention. Would he start off with Nate Diaz now? I don't know. I That's don't think so. First, I don't know. <laughs> um, I'll say this. If Jake, you know, I've never watched Jake wrestle. I hear, you know, he was a standout high school wrestler. I don't know. In Ohio, which is very hard to do. The Midwest is where wrestling is the strongest. So in Ohio, which is like Ohio, Michigan are the two wrestling states. To be, you know, the top means you're college level. Uh, and then his boxing's very good for MMA standards. His boxing is very good. You combine those two, you all of a sudden, you know, you there's reason it's you know it's MMA, it's mixed martial arts. You're mixing it. You don't have to be the best at one thing. You just have to be the best at doing them all together. So I am kind of over 
Jake boxing, if I'm being honest. I don't I no longer care. I the undefeated thing was keeping me interested. Now that he's no longer undefeated. Um let's see how MMA is. If he goes yeah, on Logan... MMA, why not? Yeah, I mean Logan's now got somewhat of a connection with uh, the UFC with this prime sponsorship. I think Dana was never like super opposed to it, but I know Jake's with PFL anyway, so it's not like it's going to be like a UFC crossover. Um, but the whole MMA aspect of it is like they're kind of the, the they're integrated in it and. I don't know. I think the people who are watching them are more so MMA fans than boxing fans. I can't imagine. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine it's. Because you fought you know, MMA. People... Yeah, exactly. So he's he can pivot seamlessly, and I don't think he would lose viewership in total. Those pay per views are going to be. Um. I don't know what they're making on the pay-per-views. The, uh, the thing is, is I think it was like just a huge ad to like bring sports to Saudi Arabia. That's like what put like screamed out at me. Not necessarily that uh, it made money or whatever. Both fighters made a bunch of money. They're very happy with the money they made. And it was just like a come to Saudi Arabia. We're going to throw on more banger events and they can throw whatever event they want. You know, yeah. Um, the PFL man, they 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 kind of shook the hand of the devil here. They kind of signed a deal here with. Uh, it's going to take them an interesting route. I'll say that for the old PFL. Um, that's why one's better, and yes. Belgium and UFC, of course. I don't know. I've never been a big PFL guy, but maybe I'll finally watch my first PFL event with Jake. Fight now. There's one. Uh, their season starting up here soon, so I'll, I'll watch that one. But um, man, what a what a world we live in! What a world we live in! Uh, do you want to introduce the last topic we have here before we wrap up? Yeah, just a quick little topic here. Bellator signed their own little hmm, wanting Bo Nickel kind of uh, with Jordan Oliver. Uh, what I found interesting, if you're not. Uh, familiar with who Jordan Oliver will, is. Um, he's like a, a very accomplished uh, NCAA uh, champion, two-time WNCAA champion, three-time finalist, four-time Big 12 champion, and ha- was a finalist for the Dan Hodge Trophy for wrestling, which is like the if you're given the Dan Hodge Trophy, it's like you are the best wrestler in at that weight class period. Like the um, yeah. Um, what I found interesting is he's coming into the featherweight division, which I wonder if he's just kind of if he'll do mm-hmm. that for a little bit because um, he for the last few years has has been doing 70 kilos, which is right at that 155 mark, 155 pounds. So he's definitely taking like a pretty, and I know if, you know, wrestlers do those heavy weight cuts. So I, I know he's doing something pretty like a, he's, he's doing his body a disservice going to featherweight. Uh, I think he's going to try to get his record, like pretty 
like a good record base. Maybe he'll just go, stay in featherweight. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think he'll start out at featherweight and kind of move up to lightweight down the line because he's he's kind of cutting a lot of weight to uh, as his you know start yeah. of his MMA career. Uh, what a I believe maybe in collegiate wrestling, you're not allowed to use saunas and sweatsuits. Mm. I saw something about that. Um, I'm like this thing I watched about the hydration clause that one puts in and whatnot. I think in Olympic wrestling, it's not as regulated, but I think because in collegiate wrestling, it's the U.S. and it's collegiate and I'm sure kids have died. I think they're a little more strict. So maybe we see Jordan doing a heavier weight cut here because he's allowed to. And, you know, what wrestler doesn't like to be a size bully, if we're honest? Yeah. Uh, so that might be that might be a little bit just off the top of my head why we're going to be seeing him at featherweight. Um, it's interesting. Now we're getting all these, you know, high, high-level collegiate guys transitioning over to MMA. Um, I, I find it interesting. Uh, you know, before, you wouldn't really see that. You'd see them more focused about being Olympians. And um, they didn't want to get hit, you know. They would rather just go and coach wrestling or do other stuff. And there's more money in MMA. I think they saw the success that you know Dagestani wrestlers had and how they can win without getting hit and whatnot. It's interesting and honestly, and good for good for Bellator for hopping on that. Bellator's not scared to sign a guy. I will say that. <laughs> uh, but. Are you are you are you going to be excited for his uh, debut? Yeah, I'll keep my eyes open and see when uh, his first fight's going to be. I wonder what kind of I, I'm like. I can't remember what camp who he signed with. It's not. I don't believe it was a, like a like one of like an American top team or something. Um, but Jordan was he was by the skin of his teeth. He lost right at the finals to be an Olympian. Uh, he his like overall Olympic record is 127 with six losses and those six losses mostly being like finals losses so it's like he was he's right at the top there and um if yeah. it I also think, 32 I just I just uh, looked that up yeah he's uh he's got that experience so I wonder if he's gonna I think he could like do do some heavy, heavy runs, especially in the featherweight division for Bellator. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he could keep doing those weight cuts. Because, like you said, like you said, uh, wrestlers being weight bullies, I think he's going to be a big weight bully at featherweight. Um, so we'll we'll see what he's got. Good luck to Jordan. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. With that, that wraps up everything we want to talk about today. Um, thank you for listening. Um, always, you know, appreciate any feedback we can get, um, download the episode, leave a five-star review, go follow the Instagram page. That's all my messaging. Uh, thank you for watching any last words from you, my friend. No, uh, download the verdict. Tell us to, uh, make that, uh, switching stances group. Next episode, we'll be going over UFC 286, Usman versus Edwards, and the one fight night. So stay tuned for that episode to post. And I hope everyone has a good rest of their day. Take care.